Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Down the blind, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and one. Welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. We've had a couple of posts that have gone uh, pretty big on Instagram over the last few days, and a lot of people have asked for my opinion on those. So I thought I'd just dive into the first one was, is Latrell Mitchell a top three fullback in the NRL? Uh, a lot of vast responses to that one. And then my second question I'm going to go dive into is the one that you would have seen just posted on Instagram in the last hour or so. I had a lot of messages, people asking for my opinion. I've chosen four centers, and you've got to pick two of them to make up your side. They are, of course, Jamie Lyon, Matty Cooper, Justin Hodges and Nigel Vunganar. So we're going to dive into the, the Latrell Mitchell one first of all and just having a look through at some of your comments on this one. Uh, as I said, a vast array of uh, different comments here, a vast array of opinions here on this one. And Latrell Mitchell, he is always someone that defies um, opinion, uh, d- divides opinion. So of course it's his birthday today as well. So happy birthday to Latrell. Uh, just looking at some, uh, yes, Teddy, Turbo, Latrell, then Pat, because he's been out for almost half the games played this year. And I think this is where it gets interesting. Obviously, Turbo, he's going to be in your top one or two. Teddy's going to be in your top one or two based on what he's done the last few years. But then you've got guys like uh, Ryan Pappenhausen, who hasn't played in a number of weeks. You've got guys like Nico Hines, who's come in and absolutely exploded. I know a lot of people are really keen on Reese Walsh. A lot of people love Gutho still. Um, a lot of people, you know, there's a vast array of guys that people are putting into this column. Some people think it's ridiculous to even suggest he would be a top three fullback. Other people think he could be the number one fullback. Roger Tulvasa-Shek is another one, of course. Roger, he sort of stepped aside to allow uh, Reese Walsh to come into this side. He's been playing on the wing, so that sort of hurts his argument as well. But a lot of discussions here. People are still saying that they'd rather have Dylan Edwards than Latrell Mitchell. And you know what? I can understand that argument. Dylan Edwards pushes up on each and every play. Clint Gutherson, he's built off just effort upon effort. And... You know, often you don't see that from Latrell. You don't see that constant uh, back-to-back efforts from Latrell that you see from a lot of these other guys. But I think this is the reality of Latrell Mitchell and who he is, that, you know, he's not going to be that standard fullback and he's not going to do standard things that other fullbacks do. And I think this one, it comes down to a lot whether you buy into uh, or what, what you value 
what a fullback should be doing. Yeah, it depends how you value what the role that a fullback should be playing. So you have a look at the way the Penrith Panthers, they use Dylan Edwards. I was talking to the Whisperer about this earlier today, and we're saying that Dylan Edwards, you know, he sort of just pushes through the middle. He's alive and everything. He's not really alive on many of their sweeping plays, especially when they come out to the left. You don't see much of Dylan Edwards. You see him a lot down the right-hand side, or more than you see him on the left anyway. But the way that he plays is very different to the way that Latrell Mitchell plays. Now, depending on how your team wants to play, you can get away with either of them. And I think the way that South Sydney play and the way that Cody Walker is always sniffing around the middle, he sort of plays a bit of a 5-8 slash fullback sort of role, the way that he attacks through the middle, the way that he's always supporting on the inside of guys. And you've got Latrell Mitchell who sort of hangs out the back. And, I mean, r- right now, I mean, when you see Latrell Mitchell and he gets in those three-on-two situations, even three-on-threes now, I mean, Latrell Mitchell, he just peels them off each and every time. Some of those balls he throws to Alex Johnson, they are unbelievable. Some of the little touches where he holds a ball for less than a second and releases the ball, the way that he draws guys in. I think a lot of people are undervaluing the way that Latrell Mitchell plays and what he brings to the fullback role. If you look on stats, no, there's no way you have him as a top three guy because you look at run meters, uh, you look at tackle breaks, you look at line breaks, and Latrell Mitchell, he, he isn't up there with the very best of those guys. But you look at the touches he has and the role that he plays for his team, and look, he be a top fullback in every side? Probably not. But it's based on the way that the South Sydney Rabbitohs play. They build their game around the skill set that Latrell Mitchell has out the back, and it is supreme. There's no doubt about it. His ball playing, I can't believe how good it is. This was going to be my major worry with Latrell, and I can't believe either how much his ball playing has improved over the last 18 months or that he kept it hidden for just so long. I'm not sure which one it is, but his ball playing at the moment is unreal. And for me, you know, I'm not sure if he is a top three fullback in our game, but that's not a negative on him. I mean, you've obviously got to have Teddy and Turbo in front of him. What they've achieved, what they're able to do is unbelievable. Then... You know, I would have Ryan Pappenhausen right up there with him as well. I think I think Pappy and Latrell Mitchell are probably fighting for that third spot. Personally, I would probably lean towards Pappy slightly. But I will say this about Pappy. If you take him out of that Melbourne Storm system, I mean, is an 80-kilo fullback going to be as dominant in other teams? I mean, that remains to be seen as well. So whilst Latrell Mitchell is in, you know, for, for me, close to the perfect system for his skill set, the guys that if you were to take them out of their system, put them elsewhere, I'm not sure how they would go. You look at a guy like Charles Nickel-Glockstad, I don't think he would be a star fullback anywhere but the Canberra Raiders. They play structures around the skill set that Charles Nickel-Glockstad has, and that's exactly what South Sydney do as well. I think it's a really interesting argument. For me, I originally had it as top five, but I thought, geez, he definitely has to be a top five fullback in our game. A lot of people still push back on that. I'm not sure if that's because it's Luttrell or because they don't think he's a top five guy, but... Very, very interesting. I decided to bring it into the top three for that one. As I said in a number of those comments, though, I can understand both sides of the argument. But for me, I think I would have him at either third or fourth. So in answer to my question, I would probably have Pappy as third. So he probably isn't a top three fullback in our game for me. But, mate, he is right up there with the very best of them. He's definitely a top five guy for me. And he's the sort of player that big moment comes on the big stages. Latrell Mitchell, he has the capabilities to do stuff that a lot of other fullbacks can't do. There's some things that to- that uh, he can do that Tom Travojevic can't. There's some things he can do that James Tedesco can't. There's a lot of things that he can do that a guy like Ryan Pappenhausen can't. So as much as I don't have him as a top three, I've probably got him fourth. But good God, when the moment comes, there's not many guys I would rather have at the one than Latrell Mitchell. I think he's been unreal this year, and I think he's only going to improve. Uh, the other one. I had to pick two of the four centers that I named. These are all guys that really dominated during the... You know, probably mid-2000s to the early 2010s. Uh, Nigel Vungana is a little bit earlier than a lot of these guys. Obviously, he played 
Uh, he played against a lot of these fellas. Um, Jamie Lyon, I'll start with him. Killer obviously started his career at the Parramatta Eels, went a bit uh, absentee for a while there, went over to England, won uh, Man of Steel Award over there, came back uh, to the Manly Seagulls and was really dominant. I think he won two premierships in his time there and was an unbelievable right centre, just incredible. Love watching Jamie Lyon go about his business. Matty Cooper, a real pure centre. And you don't see many of these guys anymore. And I think uh, the the centre position is going to move further and further away from pure centres. Uh, but defensively, Matty Cooper, you could not question him. I, I think he's probably the best defensive centre I've ever seen. I named him as my best defensive centre at the start of the year, and I stand by it. An incredible footballer, Matty Cooper. And obviously in defence, unbelievable. It had a huge attacking upside as well. A real unsung hero in that 2010 Dragons Premiership for me. The next man's Justin Hodges. Started his career at the Brisbane Broncos, made his way to the Roosters. Uh, was obviously injured in 2002 when they won the premiership, but played in the 03 and 04 grand finals, one of the premier centres of the time. I never remember, I'll never forget his one on one battle with uh, Willie Tonga in the 2004 season, was unreal. Then moved back to the Broncos, and for me, one of the best centres we've ever seen. And the thing that stands up with stands out for me with Hodjo was that he just always beat the first defender. I think I spoke to Clarkie about this the other day, went through our Broncos' best team in the NRL era. He was just, he had the best scoot in the game, and the first marker would never get him. He would always find a way to beat the first marker. He had this massive left foot step that he would just put on anyone. And the, the, the best thing about Hodjo was that he didn't very often surprise you. You knew what was coming. But you simply couldn't stop it with Justin Hodges, an absolute freakish footballer, Hodjo, and a guy that, you know, every time State of Origin roll around every year as a New South Wales fan, I would hate this bloke. I would absolutely despise him. But it was only because he was so good and he got under our skin and he got the very best of us all the time. Justin Hodges, a champion player. The last one I've got here is Nigel Vunganar. Now, for our younger audience, you might not remember too much about Nigel Vunganar, but there was a period there in the early 2000s where this guy, honestly... He was close to untouchable. When he was playing for the Canterbury Bulldogs, I'm going to say 2000, 2001, 2002, around that mark. He was the Dally M Centre of the Year in 01 and 02. Um, you know, made his debut back in 96. And about four or five years into his career is when he really exploded. I think his peak year, probably 2002, uh, he scored 23 tries from 24 games. The year after, he scored 22 from 26 tries. An unbelievable player. And if you just read... I mean, in his career, in his second year of first grade, he scored 13 tries. The next year, 12. The next year, 12. The next year, 16. Then 23, 22, 12, 12. I mean, for like eight years in a row there, he scored more than 10 tries in a season. Pretty unbelievable. Played 240 games, scored 140 tries. Very, very impressive. Obviously, made his debut with the New Zealand Warriors, but really made his name with the Canterbury Bulldogs. And in the early 2000s, he was unreal. Went on to play for the Sharks as well and the South Sydney Rabbitohs too. Uh, But it was at the Canterbury Bulldogs that he really established himself as one of the most dangerous centers in our game. He was just near impossible to handle at his absolute best, Nigel Vunganar. He was unreal. There was one game against South Sydney, I want to say a four, might have been a three. It was the second or third year after they came back into the premiership. And I remember... Him scoring five tries that day, five tries. It was unbelievable. Just, I remember it was at the Sydney Football Stadium and they only scored six tries and he scored five of them. He was unbelievable that day. Nigel Vunganar, an incredible athlete and just so hard to handle. When it came down to these four for me though, 
If I had to choose uh, two of these centers, unfortunately, Matty Cooper probably doesn't have the upside that I want. I just think the other guys have too much upside. So Matty Cooper, he probably misses out if it was a best-looking contest. I mean, Matty Cooper probably shits in. Saw him a couple of weeks ago down in Kiama, and my God, has not changed at all. Probably looks fitter now than when he played, which is incredible. The other guy I'm going to leave out is a guy I've spoken about a lot, and it's Nigel Wangana. An incredible athlete, don't get me wrong, but um, consistency over a long period of time, I think you have to give the points to the other guys there. And the guys I've gone with, Jamie Lyon, the killer, um, obviously started with Parramatta, was an Australian centre in a matter of you know months, essentially, after he made his debut. He was just an unbelievable talent, Jamie Lyon, and you looked at him and you know he didn't look overly imposing. He wasn't the fastest, he wasn't the strongest, but... He was just hard to handle, Jamie Lyon. Made his debut in the year 2000. Uh, the next year was 2001. That's when the Paramount Eels went on their unbelievable run. They were just incredible. And he was already, you know, he, he played all 29 games that year, which is unbelievable. And he absolutely carved it up. This team was scoring points left, right, and scanner. He scored 15, but I reckon he laid on another 20. Jamie Lyon, as a young bloke, was unbelievable. He obviously went away for a couple of years, returned to the Manly Seagulls, lost the grand final in 07, won that, that massive one in 08 that was huge, won it in 11, then returned to grand final day 2013 once again, didn't win that one, but won two premierships with the Manly Seagulls, an incredible footballer, Jamie Lyon, and I find him very hard to leave out of any team that I can possibly pick. I spoke about him the other day, he was like a second 5-8 playing at right centre for the Manly Seagulls, and no one's been able to emulate the way that Jamie Lyon went about his footy. It was an incredible natural skill set, with incredible instincts matched with just one of the smartest footy brains I've seen. And, you know, a a lot of people didn't like Jamie Lyon because he refused to play State of Origin. He just wasn't interested. He was just a different sort of cat. And, you know, probably explains why he left Parramatta in 04. He just disappeared one day after only one or two games that season. Just went, no, I've had enough. I'm going home to the country. Went to England, dominated there, came back and was just unreal here in the NRL. A guy that didn't play as much rep footy as what he should have, uh, but between 2010 and 2014, he's the Dallium Center of the Year four times. He only missed it in 2012. So 2010, 2011, 2013, and 2014, he's the Dallium Center of the Year. Not to mention, you know, 10 years before he won the Center of the Year in 2014, he won the Man of Steel Award in 05 in England. Just an unbelievable player. Uh, Dallium Captain of the Year 2012 and 2014, back end of his season, a fantastic, back end of his career, sorry, a fantastic leader for the Manly Seagulls and one that they'll be always thankful that they managed to get back. So the first guy I'm picking out of this group, it is, of course, Killer, Jamie Lyon from the Manly Seagulls, where he finished his career. The next man I'm going to go for is Justin Hodges. I already spoke in depth about Hodjo, obviously. Uh, had to overcome a lot of terrible injuries in his career. You've got to remember, this guy, he played 250 first-grade games. Some of the injuries he had to start his career was unbelievable. And, I mean, we're never going to forget his first-ever game for Queensland as well. He went on to be a Queensland legend, obviously. But his first series in 02, wow. I've never seen a worse game of origin football by anyone than Justin Hodges. It was just unbelievable. I believe he conceded two tries and he's in goals trying to throw silly offloads. He then got injured. It was a nightmare. All at the time, you know, he was... Playing at the Sydney Roosters, he was homesick. It was a real nightmare for him. He'd left Brisbane. Wayne Bennett had essentially said, get lost. I don't want you in this team in 2001. 2002, he plays Origin. He gets injured. He misses the Roosters' grand final. I mean, could you imagine this guy? Leaves the Brisbane Broncos, says to Wayne Bennett, I'm leaving. Arrives at the Sydney Roosters. Is homesick. Gets the opportunity to play Origin. Loses that game for Queensland. Has an absolute shocker. The worst Origin game anyone's ever had. 
gets injured. The Roosters go on to win the premiership that year. I mean, he must have been at absolute rock bottom, Justin Hodges. And to consider what his career went on to be, really, really impressive. Obviously, never won a premiership. Um, sorry. Oh, sorry. He, he, he won in 06 with the Brisbane Broncos, of course. Won in 06. Um, and... You got to remember that season. He he was a critical part of this. I can't believe I just said he didn't win a premiership. Oh six, he was a critical part of this. You got to remember, Carl Michael Hunt was a starting fullback. He was essentially pushing Billy Slater back to the bench in Origin. And Wayne Bennett, probably the biggest masterstroke of his career, only five years after telling this kid to get lost that he didn't want him in the team because he was a trader going to the Roosters. He moves him to fullback. He moves Carl Michael to the wing, and it just sets the world alight. The the number one play that I'll never forget from Hodjo was in that 2006 prelim final. The Bulldogs, they went in at halftime with a big lead. The famous uh, Willie Mason saying, oh, we're going to the grand final. We're going to another grand final. Brisbane come out and absolutely brain it off the back of Hodges. He sets up an unbelievable try for Sean Berrigan. Another guy that was moved out of the centres, moved into hooker by Wayne Bennett, another positional masterstroke. And I think it's something that coaches don't do enough in the modern game, change up guys' position, give them a bit of, of, of a freshen up. I understand it's a big gamble, but... Wayne Bennett knew how special Hodjo was and knew that at fullback he would be unreal, which he really was. So for me, the two centers I would pick out of these guys, Jamie Lyon and Justin Hodges, Matty Cooper, Nigel Vunganar, unlucky not to make my side here. Two absolute legends of our game. But for me, has to be Jamie Lyon, has to be Justin Hodges. And of course, we already spoke about Latrell Mitchell. I've probably got him as my fourth best fullback in the NRL. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 